On a random Friday night, a few weeks ago, I was at my desk desperately trying to finish up an essay so I wouldn't have to work over the weekend. For the essay, I needed a word to describe someone who has and pursues many interests. Two cups of coffee and multiple Google searches later, I found the word I was looking for. Multipotentialite. A multipotentialite is someone with many interests and creative pursuits. It hits me that I knew of someone just like that. Hi, my name is Damilola Odufua, and I do a bunch of things. I am the co-founder and CEO of Backdrop, which is a an app and a social network that lets people find beautiful spaces. I am the co-founder of the Feminist Coalition. Uh, if you are Nigerian, you might have heard of us or seen our logo. We're a women's rights um, organization. I used to be the protocols lead at Binance. And so essentially I work in crypto. And the way I like to describe myself is I am passionate about crypto, comms, and women's rights. See, I told you, a multipotentialite. I spent that evening researching Damio Dufua for this episode instead of finishing my essay. But no regrets. Dami was born in Lagos, Nigeria. She's the youngest child with five older brothers. She was quite the outspoken kid. Still am. I still am. I always speak my mind. And speaking your mind when you're the youngest, the only girl. And although my family is modern, it's still patriarchal. So, And I'm Yoruba, so you know how we, we are of our respect. So I was very outspoken and I was often told that I was rude. And I actually take it as something I'm proud of. Because as a woman, I think you need to speak up always. She had many interests growing up. The most glaring was her passion for women's rights. And I'm the only girl. So it was a mixture of a little bit of fun, but also a lot of feeling like alone in terms of like, there's no one who's my age and I'm the only girl. And I felt quite like stifled. Like I couldn't go anywhere. I was always at home. I wasn't allowed to do this and this as a, as a girl, as an only girl. And that eventually kind of still kind of drives a lot of my passion for women's rights. But I get it because growing up, I was mostly caged at home too. My parents would allow my brothers, even though they were younger, to take trips. I, on the other hand, almost always got told to stay indoors because that was apparently what a woman was supposed to do. Ugh. I've, one thing that has been a continuous thread across my life is my passion for women. So from a very young age, I just wanted to help people. I wanted to help women. And me studying economics was I felt like, okay, I'll work at the World Bank. I'll work at the IMF. I'll work at the UN and I'll help women that way. Mm. So studying economics, I was very interested in like the policy, the policies, international development. And so that's why I studied that actually. In 2009, Dami gained admission to study financial economics at the University of Kent, England. It's, it's quite a broad study in social science, and I don't regret it because I love the analytical side of it and the, you know, the way it forces you to evaluate things that I feel like maybe I wouldn't have gotten from another degree. Um, so yeah, I always knew that I wanted to do something around women and helping women. I just found different ways to do it. And even all through my career, what has always been a driving force in whatever job or whatever kind of uh, career I'm in is, okay, how can I use this to amplify marginalized voices? She graduated in 2012 and immediately got enrolled to get a master's degree in international finance and economic development. Tell me your career trajectory. So this is, you've gone on to study, um, gotten a master's, graduated. What, what did you do next? How did I go from I want to work at the World Bank to working in crypto and tech? Um, great. This is a very good question. So my first job after uni, I worked <laughs> in a consulting firm mm -hmm. and I was a research analyst. 
So I used my economics degree there and I absolutely hated it. A lot of Excel spreadsheets. Her first job in 2013 featured a lot of Excel sheets and staring at her computer screen. She wasn't really feeling it. And so I did a lot of soul searching, wrote down in a paper, you know, what I love, what I hate, what, I, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, and kind of realized that I was a, a lot more interested in media and comms. And growing up, I was always passionate about media and comms. I just thought it was general interest in like music, TV shows, pop culture, right? Okay, it's not something serious. And as I got older and around that time, I think this was 2013, there was social media was kind of really taking off mm-hmm. at the time. Twitter, Facebook was already there, but you know, other platforms had come up and people were beginning to use it as more than just, hey, I want to share some pictures as a tool for reaching people. She rekindled her love for media, art, and communication, juggling what was a hobby at the time with her consultancy gig. She tried to find a balance. So she would leave Kent in the evenings after work and during the weekends to go to London, where she interned at a record label a friend had introduced her to. She did this till 2015, when she lost her job at the consulting firm. But it was the best thing that ever happened. Yes, there was a recession, oil, oil, oil prices crashing. And I had I lost my job and it, I've never been, I never felt so confident. You know when someone tells you, oh, we have to let mm-hmm. you go, you're usually like, oh my God, I'm so sad. I was like, yeah, that, that, that's cool. Because <laughs> I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And there was this, <laughs> there was this, uh, I don't know, sense of calm that came over me like, well, this is mm-hmm. the time. And so I hit the ground running and I was hustling a lot and eventually got an internship at Universal Music first in London. And then I got an internship at MTV. And they had a show called MTV Sugar. Uh, I don't oh, know if you I love MTV, MTV Sugar. Sugar. Yes, I love MTV Sugar. It's this award-winning African series that began in the early 2000s. It features conversations and educative messaging around sexual and reproductive health and rights for teenagers and young adults. So yeah, Dami interned at MTV Sugar for a bit. And in 2015, she took a leap. And I just thought, okay, there's something here and I want to be part of people telling our stories in Africa. Because I I also felt that at the time, a lot of the stories were being told by foreigners. And I didn't like that. I just felt like Africans have so much to say, right? Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin and I like girls. This is a podcast about African women and the different experiences life shows as us for being women. If you have not listened to season one, I highly recommend that you do after this episode. It's available on whatever streaming platform you're listening on right now. On today's episode, we document the growth and adventures of Nigerian entrepreneur and builder, Damio Dufua. In 2015, Dami moved back to Nigeria with one goal to tell and center African stories. My boss at MTV Sugar at the time, Richard Warburton, he was amazing. I said, you know what, I'm moving back. I want to do more on the continent, in the media space. And he introduced me to the then founders of Zikoko. And they were looking for an editor. And I had never been an editor before, but there's nothing I can't do in this life. So I was like, I think I can do this. I applied, I got the job. And I worked there for, I think, just under over a year and a half as the editor-in-chief. And that's where I met a lot of people who actually I work with to this day, like Odum. And, you know, that was my proper foray into media. And I worked in media for a bit, worked at Convini, eventually had a small stint at CNN Africa. Um, 
as a social producer and then I worked in media I think for like five years at the time and after being an editor-in-chief that's kind of like the ceiling like that's the top of where yeah, yeah. most people get and I just kind of got disillusioned. It's not out of place to say that Dami had a decent run within Nigeria's media space working and leading teams at some of the biggest media companies between 2015 and 2019. Oh and she made a lot of friends too. It was at Zikoko, the first media publication she worked at in Nigeria, that she met her friend, Odun Eweniyi. They're co-founders at Femco and a new startup called Backdrop. We'll get to that bit soon. Yeah, most people get. And I just kind of got disillusioned with media in Africa. One, because it doesn't pay enough. It's not a lot of money. And I started thinking about, okay, how can I position and like use my skills in other spaces, because although I studied, obviously, um, although I worked in media, I had a, a, a degree in economics and I was really good at consulting. And I realized that what I was good at as being an editor was managing a team. Um, and funny enough, around that time, a lot of conversations around crypto were coming up on the on Twitter specifically. But it was just guys talking about crypto and they were just it was just so complicated. I didn't understand it. I don't understand it either. When someone starts talking about crypto, all I hear is... <laughs> After the break, I'll tell you more about Dami's crypto journey. I remember a few years back when I couldn't save money to save my life. I was so bad with money that whenever my salary dropped, I would either run to my favorite restaurant or order new outfits off Instagram. And by the second week of the month, I would be so broke. This habit made everyone around me worried. My parents, my friends, even my boyfriend used to say, Babe, you need to start saving. Then one day, my colleague introduced me to PiggyVest and I absolutely fell in love with their piggy bank feature. What I love the most about piggy bank is that it's flexible because it allows me save automatically, whether that be daily, weekly, or monthly. By helping me save consistently, Piggy Bank has changed my relationship with money and my life is so, so much better for it. Everyone can save with PiggyVest today. Download the app from Google Play or Apple Store to register and start saving. Welcome back. Before I tell you about Dami's crypto journey, I need you to know a bit about wine and wine. So wine, like the drink, and wine, like when you're dancing to Sean Paul's music. Dami created Wine on Wine movement in 2018 with her friend Odun. Remember Odun? She met Odun while she was editor-in-chief at Zikoko, the first media publication she worked at when she moved to Nigeria in 2015. Wine and Wine is pretty much a community where women come together to have conversations about women's rights and to support each other and share ideas. She was inspired to start this movement with Odun as a way to counter the frequent discrimination and disrespect many women often have to face in their daily lives. If you are a young woman, they just think that, who are you? What are you saying? Even everybody from the security to the bosses to your family members, just a consistent disrespect and a lack of, like, just a lack of respect generally. Um, and it was really shocking for me, just it, the way that I was treated, the way that I was spoken to, and also how class plays, plays a factor. Because I would notice that the days where I'm dressed like, let's say, nice bag, nice shoes, 
you know, looking corporate. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. And because I've always worked kind of remotely or a hybrid where I can wear tracksuit bottoms and it cropped up and, you know, whatever, trainers to work. I noticed how differently I was treated if I'm going to the bank, all of those things. And just the way that Nigerian men spoke to me, it angered me a lot. And I would, I remember talking to like-minded women, other feminists about it and just feeling calmer and understood whenever I was in those spaces, whenever I could vent to them. And I just realized that I think women need a community to vent about what we go through and also come up with solutions. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I was always told that I was always nagging and complaining and whining. And something that women are told a lot, that we nag, we whine, we complain. Um, But we need to because the world is really unfair to us. Mm -hmm. And it was was a thing to kind of make you quiet, like we keep quiet. And I, I want women who are told that to actually not stop talking. Um, and I just realized that that community was that coming together of other women to complain about the situations in Nigeria and to also maybe come up with some solutions because it's in that brainstorming of complaining that you're yeah. able to come up with ideas. Wine and Wine pretty much just served as an avenue for women to gather, vent, and help each other. Now, let's get back to Dami's crypto journey. And a good friend of mine, Timmy Ajiboye, um, who I actually work with as the Coco, wrote a book called The Little Bitcoin Book. And around this time, I already started my first like women's rights organization, Wine and Wine, which was a women's community. So I was already very involved in like speaking up about for women, having um, uh, um, events for women and community building. And a key thing that I was passionate about has always been financial equality. Like women don't get paid enough and I'm all about my money and money is power and women need money. Mm-hmm. So I was reading this book and I saw this story about a lady in Afghanistan, Roya Maboub, who um, essentially had writers in Afghanistan that she paid in crypto because they couldn't have bank accounts or something. And right. I just thought this is so fascinating because on Twitter, all I saw was just guys talking about crypto generally, but nobody talked about the use cases. How does crypto like make my life better? How does crypto change things, you know? Yeah, and I love that story and that use case. And that got me really interested in crypto. And around the time, honestly, Binance came knocking and they were looking for somebody to lead their comms and PR for Africa. And because I had a lot of experience in media and comms in the space, they felt Mm -hmm. I was a great fit, had a lot of interviews. And that's how I got into crypto. And I've never looked back. And it's been almost three years now. Okay, in January 2020, Dami took a job at Binance as their head of product communications. For context, Binance is an online exchange where users can pretty much trade in crypto. It's one of the biggest crypto firms worldwide. As I mentioned earlier, I don't understand crypto or how it works. It can be intimidating. So I asked Dami to break it down to me like I was five years old. Well, so crypto is a digital or virtual currency and there's a technology underlying that, which is blockchain. So every time you hear about crypto, right, you hear about blockchain, right? So let me just quickly go into blockchain. The beauty of blockchain is that it means that transactions are transparent. So before, you can't see, if I send money to you now in Naira, right, my bank account, my bank knows, your bank knows, but that's Mm -hmm. it. It's not publicly available. Blockchain is like a publicly available ledger of accounts. So everybody can Okay, okay. Dami did her best to explain crypto to me, but it wasn't just clicking. I'm a pretty slow learner, so crypto is something that I need to go and study on my own. Thankfully, the inner workings of crypto aren't particularly relevant to this story. 
To summarize Dami's role as a comms person in crypto, she's pretty much finding new ways to break down and communicate what crypto is to people like me who know next to nothing about it. So working in comms, a lot of my work is messaging, positioning, explaining, clarifying. With crypto, there's a lot of misinformation. It's only used by scammers. It's only used for fraud. It's it's this. It's um, it's, it's you know all of these things you see in the media, and it's because a lot of the media are uninformed. Like most people, they don't understand how it works. They don't understand how to use it, and it's not their fault. So my job, and even when I was at Binance, was to educate people. We had a lot of like what we call master classes where we would teach people the basics, yeah. like how to set up an account. Now that we've established that, let's talk a bit more about her work advocating for the rights of women. Earlier, I told you about how she started Wine and Wine with her friend Odun. What I didn't tell you was that the proceeds from Wine and Wine events often went to charity. So whenever Odun and Dami organized hangouts for women to come together to chill, have wine, and share their problems, the funds that were raised were given to women-centered charity organizations. However, a year into running Wine on Wine, Dami's work as a women's rights advocate took quite the turn. Then, you know, with Wine and Wine, everything we're doing, I just felt like they were individual pockets of, let's help this woman, let's help this woman, let's do this here and there, and no collective pool. And I don't know if I told you this, but I'm obsessed with TV shows. I watch, like, I do a lot of things, but I make time for TV shows. Um, and during lockdown, it was actually during lockdown that the idea came to me. I remember that we were, at the time, calling for justice for Tina, justice for Uwa, justice yeah. for so many women. And I was just so angry and just felt really helpless. In May 2020, Tina, a 16-year-old girl, was shot and killed at a bus stop near her home. This triggered the hashtag Justice for Tina on Nigerian social media. In the same month, a 22-year-old student, Uwa, was raped and killed while studying in a church. That also triggered the hashtag, hashtag Justice for Uwa on social um, media. That hospital, they couldn't handle it. They immediately took her to UBTH. That's where she gave up last night. It's like Dami said, throughout that period, there were a ton of reports of all kinds of violence meted out against women and girls. As a journalist, I remember writing reports about the rape and murder of Jennifer, Elizabeth, Ada, and Barakat. So I can relate to the anger and helplessness that Dami must have felt. And I was watching this show called Mrs. America. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw it. It was about the equal rights amendment movement in the U.S. and like how like Gloria Steinem, Shirley Chisholm okay. and all these like amazing American feminists came together to essentially fight for women's rights, like the right, like the ERA movement. Um and I love what they did. And I just thought, hmm, this is it. They're coming together. And because they came together, politicians will come to them and say, please, we want this. And they'll say, well, to do this, yeah. we need a bill for this for women. We want to see women in office, things like that. And I was super inspired by that. Dami was inspired by the show and thought about creating a badass feminist movement in Nigeria as well. So she called up her friend Odun. And I was like, look, I want us to start an organization, but not just us this time because we cannot cope. We do too many things and it's not, it's not sustainable. I want us to be able to have other founding members and eventually even open up to like other people to join. Right. And we kind of pretty much did like an Avengers list. And we thought about like, okay, who are other women in the space that we know of that are passionate about women's rights, some other women who are in tech, other women that are in mm -hmm. media, other women mm -hmm. that are, you know, in public health. And that's how the Feminist Coalition, or FEMCO for short, was born. 
Damian Odun assembled 11 other badass women doing the work that promotes gender equality to join the movement. By July 2020, Femco was up and running. Yeah, well, the first thing is we created a group. We have okay. a meeting. We still have meetings, monthly meetings to brainstorm. And obviously, the world knows our first pro- like first project or first mm-hmm. introduction to the world, which was how we supported, you know, the um, peaceful protests, the peaceful NSAS protests in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't created for that. The NSAS protests were a series of mass protests that happened in Nigeria in October 2020. Many young Nigerians across the country came out in numbers to protest against police brutality, particularly against a notorious police arm known as the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, or SARS. The peaceful protest eventually became bloody as Nigerian security forces used violence and guns to kill, hurt, and disperse protesters. There was a video of a woman who was shot in the face. I don't know if you remember. Oh and God, yes. How yeah, can I it was just a, yeah, it was just a reminder that you know people forget police brutality affects women too, and that really angered us. And we didn't want women and other people to get hurt, and so we got involved in that. But even during the protest, Femco raised funds to support protesters and provide them with medical aid. They also helped secure legal support for those arrested by the police for exercising their rights to protest. Femco did pretty interesting and important work during NSARS. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that Dami and other members of the coalition were pivotal in that movement against police brutality. In November 2021, Femco announced my favorite project yet, their Girl Education Program. Where at the moment we have... 12 um, brilliant young girls um, in uh, Vivian Fowler. They're in secondary school and it's a scholarship and mentorship program. So these are girls from uh, lower income communities in Ogun State uh, that, you know, they did an exam and they're brilliant girls. They just don't have the support and resources that we do. And so we cover their full education, boarding school, tuition, like taking them back and forth from school, their books, everything. And we also have like a little and big sister mentorship program where each Femco member is Mm -hmm. like a big sister to someone and we have to call them and check in on them. And they're really sweet. And, you know, it means so much to me because educating a child and educating a girl child changes a whole family. It's a truly wonderful initiative. And even though Femco gets some support from donations, the girls pull funds together monthly to ensure that their projects stay alive. I love that Dami is not just saying with words that she loves and supports women. She's also going out there to do the damn work. When we return from this quick break, you'll hear all about another cool Dami endeavor. Hi, my name is Tonya, ex 9 fiver and current bakery owner. I was able to achieve my long life dream of owning a business, all thanks to the target savings feature on Piggyvest. I knew working for another person wouldn't bring me joy, so I started planning my exit. To own a business, I knew I needed capital, a location, equipment, and staff. So I created a personal target plan and started saving weekly. 12 months later, I am happy to say that I am the proud owner of Bell's Bakery. With Piggyvest, there's no dream too big for you to achieve. So please don't stop dreaming. Visit piggyvest.com or download Piggyvest from Google Play or Apple Store and register to start using the target saving option today. 
So we know Dami had her stints as a consultant and research associate and then worked in media. She now works in crypto and founded two women-centered movements, Femco and Wine and Wine. But that's not all. Due to her nature as a multi-potentialite, she has a newer endeavor, Backdrop. Remember Odun, Dami's frequent collaborator and co-founder? Yeah. She also started Backdrop with Odun and Timmy in October 2021. Like Odun, she met Timmy at Zikoko when she moved to Nigeria. My very mm. good friend um, had reached out to me. In fact, at the time, I said to him, see me, I don't want any work. I'm tired. I have 20 things I'm doing. I have my main <laughs> job. I have wine and wine. I have Femco. I'm tired. I'm in Nigeria. You know, all of that stuff. But um, he had come to me with this brilliant idea of like, look, um, he's spoken to a friend of his and she basically said to him, like, wouldn't it be great to like have an app that kind of helps you to find like pretty places, like specifically pretty places to take pictures when you travel. Because when you travel, no matter who you are, whether you're an influencer or just a regular person, you want to take beautiful pictures. You want to take pictures in beautiful Mm -hmm. spaces and share it with people. And that's pretty much what Backdrop does. It's a travel app that allows users to discover and share pretty locations and pictures. As the CEO of Backdrop, Demi has big dreams for the company. I love what that stands for, like three Nigerian founders building something global. And why this this wasn't my initial like uh, personal goal for backdrops for this to become a global product. Now it is, mm-hmm. but it's because whenever I would be interviewed about it, people would talk to me about backdrop. They'll be like, they would ask me questions like, I should only focus on Africa. I should only focus on Nigeria. I should right. I should see myself in this little box. And I just thought that was so weird. And they would always ask me like, okay, are you going to add? And then it's important to add beautiful places in Africa because I love traveling across Africa. Actually, for a long time, I did just that. But it was almost like a, okay, because you're African, you can only build for Africa. Oh, you're not solving a problem that they think Africans have only. Like, so healthcare, banking. Oh, you're building a travel app. She says there's this expectation that backdrop should be in Nigerian or African products only. But as you can tell, she's not having that. The goal is to take it global. And I'm 100% rooting for her. I can't go as deep as I want to into all of Dami's endeavors, but it's not hard to get a decent idea of how versatile and multifaceted she is. And despite her various successes with all the businesses and projects she has in the pipeline, there are challenges. Dami says she sometimes doesn't get her deserved respect because she's black, female, and in a small body frame. No surprises here. She says she isn't accorded the same respect as some of the men she has worked with that i have had experiences where people just didn't value me or value my like contributions to the work i worked at a company and i won't mention the name where i came up with an idea and the founder said to me like wait you came up with this idea and was shocked and i and i was like senior in that role and i actually did decided that day i was quitting that job and i actually did a few months later and i found a better job because i just don't want to be in a room where you hired me but you don't believe that i can come up with this idea like so why am i here what am I here to do? So the, for me, those are the challenges. Considering that being a woman in the workforce is challenging, I asked Dami to share some tips for women who are interested in starting many movements and businesses like her. Okay, so a problem that I had even before I started Backdrop, because um, mm-hmm. I had other ideas I wanted to start that I never started because I was trying to make them perfect. So 
Hence, no business because I was trying to make it perfect. I think that is even something I've learned from Femco. Like we started this organization to focus on one thing. We were thrown into the deep end by yeah. something we didn't expect, but it formed us in a way that that you know, I'm I have PTSD from it, but I'm forever grateful for. And there's something about just going in and just getting your feet wet. I think a lot of times, especially women. It's something that we even do even when it comes to finance, investment, money mm-hmm. is we want to be 100% confident in it before we do it. And I just always think about, hmm, if this was a white man, he will go with that one page idea and get investors yeah. and raise millions and millions of dollars. Nah, I'm not a fool here. So I'm going to, you know, try and step into that that privilege a little bit and, you know, move like that. So I always say to women like, don't wait till it's perfect. Start. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a plan. That doesn't mean you shouldn't write, like, get things down. As somebody who, as I told you, even before I changed my career, I write, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What should I do? Who do I know? You know, yes, write your rough idea. Write it down. Have, an, have you know, be realistic with the time you can come into the business if you have another job. All of those things. But don't wait for it to be perfect for you to start because you will learn on the job. I feel dummy. Society places so much emphasis on scrutinizing us as women that we often catch ourselves trying to be perfect when we should give room for mistakes and learning on the go. If you're wondering how Dami keeps up and stays motivated in all the facets of her work, well, there are two things, money and women. As you already know by now, she works hard to make the world a better place for women. I want the world to be fair to women, to black people. It's just something that's in me. Like it's very hard to explain, but I just don't like, I hate injustice. It angers me so much. I, as you can hear, I'm getting angry. I just can't stand it. And the reason why I said money is one, I like to to live a soft life. I'm not made for suffering, but more importantly, money is power. Growing up in Nigeria, you realize that money stops disrespect. Honestly. Then, she also understands just how much deploying resources can transform lives. When you live in a country like Nigeria where you see absolute poverty, you understand what money can do for people. And for me, that just goes into financial equality. Like, it's not just a shallow wanting of money. It's about financial equality. It's about women, specifically marginalized communities, having equal pay, you know, being able to build wealth. And what I feel is like, I'm so inspired by like Bill and Melinda Gates, for example, like having yeah. so much money and pulling it back into like pulling those resources into helping people. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I want to do. So yes, I want to live a good life enjoy, but I also want to, I feel like people who have money, mainly men, they don't even know anything, but they have so much power because they have money. So yeah. if I have money and I care about women, what can I do with that money? I can do it lots. So I need that money. I completely understand where she's coming from. A soft, smooth life where gender equality for women exists. Please sign me up. I'm going to be honest. This episode is one of my favorite episodes. Please don't tell the others. And it's because Dami didn't just discover her potential. She went out there to put it to use, to create amazing products and support other women like her. I think that's pretty dope. One thing I noticed about a lot of the projects she's involved in is that she almost always has support from her friends, like Odun, whose name you've heard like a million times now. So I asked Dami to speak about having female friends around and how that support system is helpful. Even from Wine and Wine, what I realized was the importance of female friendships. The women who came, mm-hmm. 
They came because they just loved bonding with other women. And there's this stupid misconception about how women don't support women and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's so dumb because opportunities that I've had, women have brought to me. More often than I'll say yeah. 85%, 90% of the time. In fact, the men that have brought it to me, they were even feminists. Yeah. Um, but like literally most opportunities it's women even opportunities that i bring to people it's like me bringing opportunities for people that i know you know i as a woman and i just think that women look out for each other and women are like whenever i just needed advice on money and actually finances was a key part of this like understanding talking to your friends about money changed my investment strategy changed my bank account because I learned how to save. I learned mm-hmm. more about like different investments. And so that's so important to me. But even with like Femco and, you know, everything that we've been through, I cannot imagine going through it without, with, with alone, without yeah. you know, these amazing yeah. 13 women. Like we have laughed together. We have cried together. We have brainstormed ideas together. And when women, what I learned about our time when we were like, that 2020 October was mm-hmm. women are so bloody efficient. Like I would be on yeah. this, Ozzy would be handling this, Obi would be handling this, Leila would be handling this, and it just gets done. There was no yeah. ego, there was no unnecessary like distractions. We were so focused on helping. And so I don't know, being bonded to women in my work, in my friendships, in everything has just made me a better rounded individual. I interrupted her so many times there because I completely relate to what she's saying. Women always stick together. The nicest, kindest people I know are women. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode because I really enjoyed speaking with Dami. If anything, she's kind of living proof that as women, in a society that sees us as subpar, we can make it. It's crazy hard and challenging. But like Dami... I think we can do it. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit 27productions.co forward slash I Like Girls. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at I Like Girls Pod. Also, please rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on right now. Rating us helps other people discover the podcast just like you. This episode is produced and written by me, Aisha Salahuddin, and Samia Salamutu. Audio engineering is by Moisu. Our editor is Peter Akinusi. And our theme music is by Banks with a double G.